If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. We're looking at going, what it means to be alive. Two weeks ago, we looked at what it, what it meant to be dead, how we're dead in our trespasses and sins in the sense that we, we live in, the, in, this, in this world, in, in a world of death. That's what we expect in our time here, the, 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 the effects of death. Um, uh, we also have uh, the, the prince of the power of the air, Satan at work amongst us, influencing us, controlling us in various ways. We also have our own desires that are leading us into death, in a sense. And, they could, and all of these things are about death. And yet we want to feel alive. And it, it, as part of the church, we're about helping, in that sense, people be alive. Um, and one of the things we're definitely focusing on as we come out of COVID, is kind of rebuilding those relationships, encouraging people to follow Jesus. And so we had our, our, our women's retreat, uh, it was just a, kind of a one-day thing uh, yesterday. Uh, I was there for part of it. It seemed like the ladies were having a great time, enjoying that, building those relationships. Um, our men's one is coming up next, not this coming Saturday, but the Saturday after that. So I encourage you, if you'd like to be a part of that, um, to sign up. You can find out the information on our app. But uh, but. I'm sure uh, Chris will talk about it later, but, but my point is just that hey, we are, we're seeking to, to be alive together, right? And what does that mean? Well, we're looking at Ephesians and noticing what that means in the sense that uh, God wants us to be alive and to understand that we are alive in Christ. I was watching a commercial yesterday, and it talked about that sense of feeling alive, Right? And what does it take to feel alive once again? And it, it was a commercial for a car company. So, of course, to feel alive, you had to buy their car, right? Right? Like that sense of power, that sense of acceleration, that sense of, you know, living on the edge, so to speak. If you had their car, then, you know, you could feel alive. Sometimes for us, feeling alive is sports, right? It's that sense of, hey, I, I, can, I, can, I can accomplish something, I can do something, I can make something happen. Sometimes uh, the, the film industry wants us to feel alive by, by watching a, a fantastic story and, and getting caught up in the story that's there and feeling alive through the characters that are on display because we all want to feel alive. We all want that sense of, 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 of wonder, excitement. I just died. We have temporary there. That's weird. We're talking about alive and dead. What if, what if feeling alive masks that you are truly dead, however? That's the, in a sense, the issue that Paul is drawing out in Ephesians chapter 2. He's helping us to see that we could be dead or we could be alive. And the difference is not about how we feel, but how we're connected to God. And so the big idea this morning that I want to get to is that because of God's power, grace, and love, we can enjoy being alive. Because of what God has done and who he is and what he has accomplished, 
we can enjoy being alive. He has made us alive. And that's what I want to read here in Ephesians chapter 2. And I'll start again with the dead part just so we get the contrast to, to being alive. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1 says, And you were dead in the trespasses and sin in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is it now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So here, my three points this morning is that we can enjoy being free to reign with Christ. We can enjoy God's kindness forever. And we can do the good things God has planned for us. I'm telling you this up front because I'm going to illustrate this here this morning with uh, the Ludemic children. So uh, the Ludemic, at least three of them, right? I, I, I talked to them ahead of time. I got three that are going to show up and help me out here. So if you guys could come up and I'm going uh, to lay this out here. Mm, okay, lay it out right here. So Kevin... You're going to lay down on this as if you are dead. All right, there you go. And, okay, I've got these two things here. We'll use these in just a second. Kevin is dead. If we could write this spray paint over him, like mark him out like that. He's, no, he's dead, right? Okay, so if he's dead, um, what can we do to make him alive? You know, my, my kids said that I had a lot of tickle power in my hands. You know, maybe we could tickle him alive. You know, that'd be, that'd be kind of fun to try. <laughs> no, I think he probably wouldn't like that too much. Um, so let's see. How about, Bree, you move his hands and you move his arm, his legs, and try to see if you can move him and he'll be alive because you move him. So try that. Is, is he alive? <laughs> he's, he's amused. But I don't think he's alive, <laughs> right? right? So the problem is, is when, when the devil can kind of control us, he can make us do stuff. He can make us experience stuff, right? But he can't make us alive, right? We're still dead even though we do stuff. Yep. Okay, so another thing. Let's try another thing to see if we can make him alive. Um, let's see if we can give him some good things. So here, here. Um, Here's a gift for you. Here's a gift for you. You're going to try to give Kevin some gifts. Kevin, take the gifts. Come on, Kevin. Take them. Yeah, he, this has got a bad gift and a good gift, but there's still gifts. You can take them. But he's, he's, he's dead, right, though? He can't, ex, he can't experience anything, right? You know, yeah, I can even put him by his hands. You can put him on him like that. There you go. Like there. But he can't, he can't enjoy him, can he? And when you're dead, Paul's kind of saying, hey, you can't enjoy the good things God gives you. Even sometimes they come in weird packages because 
God has good things planned, but they don't, they don't look good at the time, right? But he can't even, he can see that, oh, I don't want this gift necessarily, unless he opens it, right? But he can't open it because he's dead. Are you dead? Yeah, kind of dead. Okay, so, all right. So, and then Kevin, uh, so we have this gift here. Let's just assume this gift right here is all the good that Kevin has done in his life. This is like, he's died and he's leaving this legacy to the world, okay? And there's a lot of good things here, right? But, um, but he's dead. Can he enjoy them? No. Can he, can he enjoy the effects of his fruit? Like, like if he did some good things to you guys, like if he gave you some really good gifts for Christmas, right? But then if he was dead, could he see that you enjoy him? No, he couldn't do that either, right? So, so the problem is he's dead. And when we're, in, when we're, when we're dead, we can, we can have done a lot of good things in our lives. There's a lot of good people that do a lot of good things. There's doctors that heal people, right? There's teachers that teach people. They do a lot of good things in their lives. But if they're dead, all they can do is pass it on, right? They can't enjoy the results of it. And and, and so that's the, the problem with being dead is when, that Paul wants us to understand is that like, we can like feel like we're alive when actual, actually, if we're going to die, all of those things don't really matter. But the beauty of it, right, is God makes us alive, right? In Jesus Christ, Christ died for us and rose again so that Kevin can come alive. So Kevin, come alive, right? God, God made you makes you rise up and you can even have this gift. There's nothing in it, sorry. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I appreciate your time. Give them a hand. See, this is, the, this is what Paul is getting at. He's saying, look, we can think we're alive. We can, we can do a lot of good things in our lives. We can have a lot of good experience in our lives. But if those experiences are designed to help us to know God, to love God, to, to enjoy God, if we're dead, none of that matters. And so Paul here is saying, let's just kind of go through this briefly together, that it's no good to be alive, in a sense, if we can't enjoy being free to reign with Christ. Notice again what he says. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ. Now last week I mentioned that, right, there's a difference in how the Romans and the Greeks saw power versus how often we see power. We see made alive, going from dead to life. That's amazing power to raise someone from the dead. But for them to change the order of things, <laughs> to change things from, from being a peon to being a prince, that's amazing power. Who can do that? Right? You have to be in charge to do that. And the, the, what he's saying here is that in Christ we have been made alive, resurrected, like Christ is resurrected. But not only that, but we're seated with Christ in the heavenly places. Now again, again not common to our culture, right? In those days, if you went into the, the presence of the king, you stood. The king sat, and you stood. Everybody stood, unless you were in charge. 
But here Paul is saying that we have been raised with Christ, and not only raised with Christ, we're brought into Christ's presence, and not only brought into his presence, we're seated with him in the heavenly places. That is, we're part of the, of the people who are in charge. No longer does the devil, no longer does, does, his, does, does his forces have control of us. They don't have the, the ability to, to, to take control of our lives and to influence us. We are now in charge ourselves. And really, this is the death knell of what is termed paganism in the world. That idea that, hey, all the, there's all these, these imaginary, not an imaginary, but spiritual, invisible forces in the world that are influencing me, that have control over me. And here and in other places, the Bible emphasizes that Christ has victory over those forces. He's, he's, he's his victory, and he is seated at Christ, at God's right hand, in, over, in victory over those forces, in control, reigning over those forces, and we reign with him. Therefore, if you're alive in Christ, you don't have to be controlled by Satan. You don't have to be influenced by him. You don't have to be like, well, there's nothing I can do. I've got too many forces in my life that are forcing me to do things that I don't want to do. No, that is not true. In Christ, you are alive. And because you are alive, you are seated at God's right hand. You can, you can live in enjoyment of being free to reign with Christ. Not only that, but we can enjoy God's kindness forever. Again, when you're dead, God... God gives you experiences. God makes things happen in your life. And, and you're, they're designed to help you to know him, to love him, to enjoy him forever. And if you're dead, all you do is kind of experience the experience. And then you're looking for the next one, and the next one, and the next one. And it feels like I can only feel alive when I hit that next high, when I have that next awesome experience. When I go to, the, go to Disneyland, or I go to here or there, when I can have those kinds of experiences, I feel alive. When I win the state championship, right, only then can I feel alive. But in Christ, we are made alive. And that means every experience is a chance to know God and to love him, to, 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 to know what he's doing. Even the difficult ones, even the hard ones, when you unwrap them, are gifts of love designed to help you to know him to experience him, to, to, to treasure what, who he is and what he's done in your life. And the last point here, and I just want to emphasize this, right? It says, uh, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. When you're alive, you're alive. And that's when we talk about eternal life as Christians, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about the fact that there's no death at the end. We're alive forever in Christ. And part of God making us alive is that we might experience his kindness forever. I realize in this life, it's sometimes hard to figure out where is the kindness of God, where is the mercy of God, where, but he's saying, it, the ages to come, you realize that what he's saying there is, in heaven, God has planned, yes, we are going to enjoy him and praise him forever, but he planned kindness to us forever. 
things to do, things to experience, things to, that are going to happen, that, that we get to enjoy and, and experience his kindness to us. And he has that planned out for eternity. <laughs> you know, I, I, I find it hard to plan beyond a week. I don't know about you, right? Like, what's this week going to hold? What's this year going to hold? That, that seems overwhelming to plan in some ways. Five years? Okay, ten years out. Can you plan that far? You're like, no way. Too many, there's too many variables. There's too many things that can change. I don't know what the economy is going to be like. I don't know what my body's going to be like. I don't know what, what, uh, what, what the culture is going to be. I don't know what, what to plan for, for ten years out as to what to enjoy and do. God has planned eternity out so that we might enjoy his kindness. And he made us alive in order to do that. We are alive if we're in Christ. Not only can we enjoy his kindness forever, but we can do the good things that God has planned for us. Notice how he puts it. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Here he's saying, with that created in Christ Jesus for good works, he's saying, hey, you, God actually made you and created you in Christ in order to do good works. He had a plan for you to do good works. He, he saved you in order that you would do good works. But he's not saying he saved you because you were going to do good works. He's saying God had planned beforehand the things that you were going to do, and he saved you in order that you could do them. And he's saying that we're, crea- that we're created in this way. And it's, 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 he says it's a workmanship. In, in some ways, it's a masterpiece is maybe another way of saying it, right? That we're created to do this. Now, I, I want to put, I want to help you think this through a little bit because you can, you can have uh, people who aren't trusting in Christ, who aren't in Christ, that do good works, and they can do amazing works. Think of the doctors in our, in our world who, who heal us when we're sick, right? Even, even the people who have made vaccines over the years. You think of the polio vaccine, right? Or or the smallpox vaccine, or even the COVID vaccine, right? All, all done by people who wanted to do good to other people. And they did. They saved thousands of lives in the polio vaccine. They saved, they saved millions of lives through their work. It was good that they did it. And they did good with what they did. But if you're dead, you're not being made into a masterpiece. You're just doing good works that bless other people. The, the difference here is that God, the, the good works that he has planned for us to do are, are part of this mosaic masterpiece of things that he is doing in our lives to show off his glory and to do good to us. The difference is not how good we are, and that's why God saves us, it's, it's the fact that he is doing good in us and it, the whole plan is designed to turn us into a masterpiece. 
It's God's plan at work in you if you are in Christ. It's what he is doing in our lives, and therefore we can do the good things that he has planned for us to do. Now, some of us sometimes we think, well, sometimes we use spiritual words for this. We talk about our calling, like, God, well, I don't know what God's calling is for my life. Biblically speaking, God's calling is your life. It, it, it is all that you are doing. You say, well, I'm just, I'm just a mom raising kids. No, that is the good that God prepared beforehand for you to do. Do it. Be, enjoy it. It's part of this masterpiece. You say, well, the world doesn't care that I'm raising these kids and the effort I'm putting into it. I get it. They might not care. They might not value it. God cares. God values it. God has planned that for, to be part of this masterpiece that he is building. You say, well, I, I hate my job. I, you know, I wish I could do some spiritual things like you, pastor, with my life because my job. No, there's good things that God has planned for you to do in your job. It's good to do those things. It's not like I'm doing something so superior to you. There's things God has planned for me to do, and there's things that God has planned for you to do. And those are good things to do. They're part of the masterpiece that God is working through and in you. Do those things. Enjoy those things. It's, It's good to do them. He, this is what Paul is saying here. It's, it's, it's a transformation of the way we view our lives as Christians. Now that we're in Christ from, well, I'm just trying to get through, right? I'm just trying to get through my job, my career, and so I can retire. I'm just trying to get through raising kids so I can enjoy my life with, with my spouse alone. You know, not to worry about all these issues. I'm just trying to get through... You know, this health concern because I, I want to get to get on the other side of it. I just want to get through this, this particular season of life because this is what we do, right? We just want to get through. Rather than realizing what Paul is saying here is in the midst of life, in the midst of the mess, in the midst of the chaos, in the midst of the questions, God is working out his plan in your life. He's giving you good things to do. You can do them. And because you're alive, they matter. They're part of this masterpiece that at the end, Revelation says we will shine as lights as stars in the sky, in a sense, showing off the glorious goodness of God in our lives. That is God's plan. And so we can do the good things that God has planned for us to do. You say, well, I might not do them perfectly. (laughs) I think that's covered, right? God loves you even when you don't do things perfectly. In fact, he knows you're not going to do it perfectly, and he still has a plan for that. So, you're alive. Do something good. You say, well, I don't know what to do. Pray about it, and do, just do the next good, right thing to do. God will lead you. He is your shepherd. He doesn't leave you or forsake you. And so, this is what, in a sense, Paul is saying, look, He's saying to these Roman Greek citizens who think there's these invisible 
the powers that are influencing with them, what they, which they are at times. He's, he's, he thinks they're, they're, they're living in this world where all of these things are happening, and what does my life matter, really? I'm just a citizen of this empire. He's, he's, he's thinking about the fact that, hey, th- we, we, often, we often just don't think about the, the good things that are ahead. We're just all focused on the problems that are in front of us. And he's saying, look, you have gone from being dead to alive. Enjoy it. Realize it. This is the power of God in your life in Christ. He made us alive together in Christ. We can enjoy that. And so he says two things to remind us. This is about God and not about us. Notice verse 4 again. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us. And then he repeats it again. This is a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. This isn't about us. This isn't about what I can accomplish. This is not about how good or bad I am. This is about God and what he is doing in the world, what he is accomplishing in Christ. And he sent Christ to die on a cross But he also sent Christ to rise again and ascend to his right hand to one day rule and reign over everything. And if that's true, Paul is saying, and it is, then we are alive in Christ. We get to walk with Christ. We get to enjoy the good kindness of God forever in our lives. And we get to not think about, we we don't have to be influenced By others, we can live for God because God loves us. Paul says this, and he knows that you still won't get it. So in Ephesians chapter 3, he prays a whole other prayer that says, I want you to know the breadth and depth and height and width of God's love for you. But it starts here. God loves you. He's so rich in his mercy toward you, not giving you what you deserve, but giving you grace in its place. Because he loves you. He took you from death to life if you've trusted in Christ. And that's why it says in verse 8, for by grace you have been saved through faith. Again, it's not a result of works. It's not like, well, God, you're gonna, you saved me, so I better pay you back by doing all these good works. Or, God, I'm going I'm to earn salvation. I'm going to earn being alive because I'm going to do all of these good works. He's like, it's not about what you've done in your own intentions and your own will and for your own purposes. It's about God's loving mercy and grace in your life. He has taken you from death to life. You say, I don't deserve it. I'm just this person in, in Ames, Iowa in 2021, and there's, I don't know why God would actually do that to me. Join the club. <laughs> it's not because of you. It's because of his rich mercy in your life. And as Paul says in Romans chapter 6, receive it as a gift. Receive it as a gift, right? We tried to give Kevin a gift, but he was dead. He couldn't receive the gift. 
But if you feel the desire to receive the gift, God is opening your eyes to see it. Receive it. Ask for it. He wants to give it to you. And it's free. You can't... What child ever told their parent, man, thanks for the gift at Christmas. And uh, yeah, here's my bank earnings for the next year. You know, my job earnings for the next year. Uh, I'm going to go work to pay off this gift. Or... Or, man, this is such an awesome gift. I'm going to, you know, my career, every, all the money I make out of my career is yours. No, no child ever told their parent that. You see, that's, why? Because they understand that it's a gift of love. The parent loves the child and wants to give them something. So God loves us. He is rich in his love for us. And so he takes us not just a tiny gift, but because he's God, the God of the universe, he gives us the, a great gift, going from dead to alive. And so I don't know what part of being dead you kind of hang your hat on. Maybe you think, yeah, there's too many forces at work in our world. I can't do any good. I'm not that important. There's too many, too many things going on behind the scenes. That I, that, you know, there's, there's too many powers at work. I can't do anything about Know that. You are alive in Christ. Those things don't matter to your future and to your life. You reign with Christ. Maybe you think, nah, I just can't seem to enjoy life. I don't think I've got a future. I don't think, I don't, I don't, I just don't feel loved. I don't feel all that. No. God has planned for you, once you've trusted Christ, the riches of his grace for eternity. He's got plans. There are good things in store awaiting you, and there's good things even now that he has given you, if you would but see them. Maybe you hang your hat on, yeah, there's just nothing I can do. When I try to do good, yeah, my desires come out and I just go the wrong way. It happens. But God is still rich in mercy. He has good things he wants you to do. And with his grace, the Holy Spirit working in your life, you can do the good that he is asking you and calling you to do. You can Why? Because you are alive. And God is working even in your weakness and even in your failures to turn you into a masterpiece. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, in order to do good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. He's not made a mistake. and He's not going to give up. He's going to help us to walk in them forever. You are alive. Will you believe it? Will you look at what God has done for you and trust in it? Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you that you've taken us from death to life. That we are no longer controlled by Satan at the whims of his will but we can reign with Christ. 
we can walk with Christ. We can do the good that you have called us to do, and we can enjoy your grace and mercy in our lives forever. Lord, help us to believe that. And as Paul realizes, it's something that I pray for myself and I pray for this congregation, I pray for those online, that they would, their eyes would be open to see the amazing power at work in their lives, taking them from death to life because of your great love for them. That they may, might see your power and your love for them. That I might see your power and your love for me. And I might walk with you. And I might enjoy being alive in you. Because you have made me alive. You have made us alive. Help us to walk in life and enjoy your love. In your son's name. Amen.